as to what is or is not true. We strongly feel that if we do not expose false doctrine, we only encourage it. This ministry is designed to challenge you from an apologetic point of view. 1 Peter 3.15 instructs us to always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. This is Michael Tinsley. Please stay tuned while we arm you, the believer, to keep living by the word. It's the noble thing to do. Well, 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 yes, indeed. It is a noble thing to do to keep living by the word. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Living by the Word Ministries presentation of the Bible Information Brokers. My name is Daryl. They call me Easy D. Fulton. I'm one of the teammates, and I'll be introducing the other teammates momentarily. But right now, what we want to do is open up in a word of prayer the broadcast in my Dear colleague Brian, would you do that for us, please? No problem, Daryl. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for uh, uh, this day that you've given us. Thank you for the show that you've allowed us to to do for over 20, 20 plus years, 25 plus years, Lord. And uh, we thank you for that. And as always, Lord, I just always want to thank you for your grace, your mercy, your kindness, yes. the love you have for us. And uh, I, I really do thank you. For, for all those things because, man, we, we don't, you know, God, we mess up so much. <laughs> and uh, you're so kind and you're so gracious. But, Lord, I ask that you bless this uh, radio program tonight, Lord. I just pray that your Holy Spirit just move over the entire broadcast. And that is with uh, the personalities on there, which is uh, myself, Daryl, uh, uh, Rick, Craig, and Jarrett. Lord, I just pray for... Uh, uh, you have your hand over everyone that calls in, Lord. I just pray that uh, your word will go forth. Lord, and if there's anyone out there that doesn't know Christ, Lord, I just pray that this show will trigger some mm-hmm. kind of interest or, or question and, and even salvation, Lord, for, for those that don't know Christ. We thank you for this broadcast, Lord. We thank you for uh, allowing us to be here. And I just ask, Lord, that uh, we we never forget uh, that it's all about you and not about us. And I guess that we all just humble ourselves and uh, and uh, be of right mind and utilize the gifts that you've given us, Lord, to answer these questions. And uh, we thank you for that. And we give you the praise, glory, and honor, as always, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Brian, I really appreciate that, brother. Thank you very much. Ladies and gentlemen, Brian gave an excellent, excellent introduction to the broadcast of the prayer, and I want to give you an opportunity to participate as the teammates, as I call you, the listening audience. So please, 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 let's take a privilege and opportunity to participate in the broadcast. You're praying for us. That's great. You're praying for the broadcast. Really appreciate it. Those that will participate, you can do so by these various methods. Let me give it to you real quick so we can get started. Those that know about it, it's a phone number, a triple eight number, toll free to you. If you start dialing Eric right now at triple eight nine nine five KKLA, triple eight nine nine five 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 two. You can be one of the first ones on to start the broadcast to get the questions asked so we can give you a biblical response. Everyone else, every other format is through the internet. Whether it's Facebook out there in our Facebook land, whether it's email at our .com website, or tweet or messenger, all that can be done at the same address, Bible, Info Brokers, Bible, Info Brokers, the various formats, same address. Want to keep it easy and, well, keep it simple and <laughs> right to the point. I'm easy. So, again, 888 is the number. 
888-995-5552. Call Eric right now. We have all the lines open up waiting for you to call in. Please take an opportunity to do so right now. Bible Info Bookers for Facebook, email, tweet, or messenger. If you're on Facebook, be so kind as to go ahead and check in, type in your name or hit a little emoji, and don't forget to share. Don't forget to share that right arrow button. Click that button and share with everybody in your contact that you're listening to us, and they'll be able to join in the broadcast live or on the archive shows. And you can navigate through the various things on Facebook and see what we have to offer there and also on our .com website. One more time, and we get the broadcast going with the questions and answers. 888-995-5552. Make sure you let Eric know who you are, where you're calling from, what city, what state, country, and also give him your question, and let's get into the answers from a biblical perspective. Bible info brokers, everything else as far as that is concerned. Brian, why don't you introduce PCH, who I affectionately call him. Who is this PCH character? PCH, a good friend of mine. But uh, PC stands for Professor Craig Hawkins. What? Not Pacific Coast Highway? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, telephonically, Professor is joining us. How you doing, PCH? <laughs> gotcha. He thought oh, I was going to let it slide. <laughs> You're a dastard. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. How you doing today, brother? Excuse me, I'm doing. Don't get all choked up. It's just us now. It's just the team. Yeah, you're choking me up as usual. Well, listen. And you know what? Let's do this, guys. As people are calling in, sending us emails and questions and things like that, we get set up. Let's take an opportunity while we have the lines free, guys. Call in triple eight nine nine five 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 two. And I think we think we had an email from last week, and and I have to do that. I'm I'm. Getting my system up, and then I had a question as well. Okay, well, let's do this. Let's do this. PCH, I want to start with the most exciting thing that's going to be happening other than Jesus Christ and his return that is happening with his ministry in regards to you and my dear friend Brian going overseas, who I know you're going to take care of on his maiden voyage. Please talk about the Nepal trip, because my friend, I was supposed to be in India today on a plane, but couldn't go. Other things came up, but my buddy is actually literally on the plane right now. My Indian family, Rajesh, is on the plane right now traveling to India. But you guys are going to Nepal on that side of the world. Let the people know about it now as they're calling in 888-995-5552 or sending us questions about those various methods. And we get right into Brian's stuff as we see fit. PCA, let them know about this trip. Well, thanks, Daryl. I'll just say just a little right now, and we'll talk okay. about yeah, it yeah. later in the broadcast. But thank you. But, yeah, it's uh, August Basically, 12th to the 22nd, Brian and I and some others are going to be going to Nepal for ministry and great opportunities to do some encouraging training and also dealing with the other aspect of this is human trafficking, but particularly with the ministries that that rescue not just young girls, but particularly young girls and little boys and sometimes as young as five years old who are who are trafficked. And it's not just delivering them, which would be good enough, but, but that these are Christian ministries that do this in the name of Jesus Christ and radically, profoundly uh, help uh, these these young lives and getting them out of the incredibly mm. dire circumstances they find themselves in through no fault of their own, often because mom and dad have sold them off into slavery. Uh, it's We have a model of prostitution typically here in America. I'm not trying to justify it at all, but it's it's often very different in Asia and Southeast Asia, where often 
the person who got the, the child into being trafficked is actually none other than the parent. So sometimes you have to have people who have legal skills who can actually deny the parents their normal rights to have their children because they're the ones actually exploiting them uh, and other family members and others and others. But at any rate, this is just an incredible ministry opportunity. I'm so delighted that Brian and some of my other um, uh, great individuals are going but it's just a, it's great to have Brian going this time, and we'll say a lot more about that later on. And we'll be talking about that and how people can even be involved in that as well. But uh, thanks for at least letting me uh, mention this now. I appreciate that. Good enough. B. Yeah, I'm still looking for the the question that came in. But here here's the other question. You know, we're looking at this whole pride thing, this whole LGBT. Um, Gosh, just just going rampant in the United States, in in the world, as a matter of fact. Craig, how, here here's an argument, and this is, uh, I I think, uh, a, a teaching or a learning that everyone could benefit from. Um, it's an argument. I don't think it's a strong argument, but a person who is, uh, and and this has come up, and I've heard this before. Uh, say an individual who's homosexual and they have a, another partner with their partner and their remark is is that you know i didn't choose to be this way is it was like this is just who i am so how can you fault me for just who i am and when it's not something that i chose to do uh so craig can you touch on that a little bit i mean i i have arguments against that but i, I think it'd be a good teaching moment because it came up again and i it's like my like the third time i've heard that uh, from a different individual, uh, again, saying, hey, well, that's just who I am. There's, you know, it, I didn't make a choice. You know, it's just who I am, period. Well, yeah, that's a bad argument. That I understand it, but that's that's also like what we call the odd is fallacy. So whatever ought, is odd, whatever is the case ought to be the case. So children are born without limbs or born blind. I know they're born without eye. And I, you go, well, it's just the way they were born. Now, of course, we still love them, and we don't. It doesn't change our love and our value of them. Uh, and it doesn't mean we want to be mean-spirited or otherwise or to, to those involved in homosexuality otherwise. But that doesn't mean it's right either. But So, so someone can always say that. In fact, people, there's been even arguments, and now I'm not justifying this. Somebody will assuredly misquote me. But there's who, those who've argued they have an X or Y chromosome, so it was just natural for them to want to beat up homosexuals. It's just the way they, they said, it's just the way I am. You, you go, well, oh, yeah, okay, well, then that's okay. Look, this argument is used by everybody, from, from wife beaters to, to, you know, all kinds of stuff. People use it, it's just the way I am. Uh, we live in a sinful, fallen creation. People are born sinful. One with congenital birth defects, as an example. And we don't just go, well, it's the way it is, therefore it ought to be that way. Because, look, uh, heterosexuals, I know guys can say, I'm just very, um, I have a lot of testosterone. I'm very promiscuous. Uh, I'm, yeah, I'm an alpha. Yeah, I'm an alpha male. I'm very promiscuous. It's just the way I am. How could judge God judge me? Oh, He will, because it's still wrong. So we all have sinful tendencies, even if it's not same-sex attraction or otherwise. People have uh, people who could say, "Well, just the way I am, I, I love to gossip. I just, <laughs> I, you know, put in any sin you want, overeat, gluttony, whatever." Right? I mean, in one sense, it comes sinning comes natural to all of us. 
every single one of us. But do we justify it? People, some people lose their temper very easily. It comes, quote unquote, natural to them. So that has no bearing on whether something is right or good or just or true. You could make the argument that people who pimps who just naturally exploit women, for example, well, it's just it's just the way they are. Come on, we we don't accept that in any other area of life. That's profoundly, radically messed up, to, to put it mildly. So again, there's an actual fallacy. There's two related fallacies. One's called the is-ought, one's ought-is. This is the is-ought. Whatever is the case ought to be the case. I mean, again, in, in an extreme form, it comes natural. So somebody breaks in your house, beats you up, harms you, does worse. And and you just, they just say, well, that's the way they are. You know, that's the way it is. So it, it ought to be that way. No big deal. No. In all these other areas, we say, no, we are not going to incentivize. We're not going to dismiss your behavior. Last point here. And again, yeah, I'll be misquoted on that. I'm not just trying to harm same-sex folks or anybody else, but uh, the last, it just happened. We had a guy last week who didn't hear anything we said. This is what happens when people already have an agenda and they don't want the truth. They want to just, they want to pontificate their own view. Knock yourself out, but just know you will be held accountable before God when people who don't listen, not that we have all the answers and we're always right, but I, I'm just amazed sometimes how people don't listen. They just call to, to hear themselves talk, to say what they want to say. But having said that, I feel better now. Call her last week. Who, who chewed on Eric? He didn't chew on us. Try to me. Call me and do that. And see how that gets you. You know, so you call Eric up and chew on him. Uh, that's unacceptable. I'm sorry. That's just a pee with me. I have a problem with that. People who talk big when nobody's around, and then uh, they're sheepish when they have to confront somebody. But we make the distinction. Getting back to the point. Thank you. We make the point of love versus approval. I would argue we are to love people, we're to love sinners. We're all sinners, but it doesn't mean I approve of your conduct. So relatives who do drugs, from heroin to, to smoking pot now, since it's legal, that makes it okay, we're told. And it comes natural to them. And no, we still love them, we want the best for them, but I don't approve of the conduct. Why? Because God doesn't approve of it. Because God, who is, uh, last time I checked, infinite in wisdom and knowledge and love, but, and who made us says, this is unacceptable. And you want me, you're telling him, no, it really is acceptable. I, I, I was made this way. It, it's, it just comes natural to me, and therefore I can indulge it. You, you, all of us will answer to the creator of the universe for what came naturally to us, in quotes, and is still yet radically wrong. And the other thing, too, you know, we look at it from a science, we look at it uh, from a science pr perspective, but let, let's take it to a, a, um, a spiritual, biblical perspective. And, you know, you say God made a mistake? No, he didn't. So... Well, right, but we, yeah, but right, absolutely, but we live in a cursed creation. People, so people are born messed up, but yep. we're not just messed up physically, emotionally, and mentally. Nobody's perfect. There's no... Nobody's born as a child. No one's perfect. We, we are all messed up, and it just shows itself the longer we're alive, the, the more it manifests itself. So it's not that you didn't say it's not that God made a mistake. Of course, some would say God made me this way. That would be the next argument. We say, no, he didn't. The fall made you this way. 
Adam and Eve's choice to rebel against God, and the one we've all ratified. We've all basically said, yeah, I would have done the same thing. I agree. We've made ourselves this way. And then, ironically, we want to blame God, for example, for the evil and corruption in the world. I was just watching a thing on the abuse of any of these gals, uh, athletes, by that Larry Nasser. I didn't want to call him a doctor. Mm. And just how sad that was, because... Not with only the ice skaters, quick? With the ice skaters? Well, you know, the, yeah, well, not the ice skaters. It was mainly Olympians. Oh, the Olympians. Yeah. I'm thinking of the Olympians. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Gymnasts. Yeah, the gymnasts, but, yeah. But he did others as well. But yeah. uh, the University of Michigan and mm. even uh, Penny, the head of the USA Gymnastics, was a, a PR man. They did nothing about it and, and how he got away with that. The guy's a pedophile. And he got caught with all that downloaded po- child porn. I, that's disgusting. That's sickening. And he, I can hear him saying, well, oh, it just came natural to me. I'm just naturally that way. Yeah, it's a natural perversion. It's naturally wrong. And God didn't make you that way. We come messed up, and then we add to the package. So, look, for those involved in, in, in same-sex relations now, we still want to love them and be gracious to them, yet firmly still disagreeing. No, it's not right. It's not natural. In fact, Romans 1 and 2 tells us it's not natural. They say, well, it's natural to me, and the biblical view is there's things that are natural to you that are still wrong, like being selfish and everything else. And God didn't make them that way. It's a cursed creation, and we want to speak the truth in love, not just love people, not just truth, but speaking the truth in love, as Paul says in Ephesians. And I also think, as Paul says, have I become your enemy? Man, well, that's the spirit of God. I mean, I'm really ready to ask you that question in regards to that, that last statement you made about, am I your enemy? Could I bring you the truth? Well, just reverse that. I must be your enemy if I don't bring you the truth and see you doing this this wrong. I mean, I we have good Samaritan laws and things like that on the books. But in the reality of the world we live in and from a spiritual perspective, aren't we indeed being people's enemies if we claim we have the truth and don't share it? Christians that's listening and everyone else that claims to have the truth, no matter what you claim the truth is, not to share it, then you would, you, we would be their enemies. Conversely well, speaking. Yeah, I've often said love, divorce, and truth is the worst form of hate. Yeah. It's mere maudlin. It's mere emotional. Again, I'm, what if I'm a doctor, and, and I really do care about you. I know you. You're also a friend, but I'm your MD. And you come in, and I get these horrible test results back from your blood that says basically you have some type of terminal disease. But, but, but I don't want to ruin your day. Mm. I'm unhappy, and I don't want to say anything that would upset you. So I just won't tell you the truth. That would be moral, legal, and spiritual malpractice. And I have a duty and obligation, and a physician does, to tell people the truth about their medical condition, not to lie to them because you don't want to ruin their day or damage their psyche or, or, or anything like that. Because you do care about people, and we tell them the truth. In fact, you're willing to risk conflict and... and, and some type of, well, just, you know, conflict and uh, otherwise, because you do care about them. Otherwise, I wouldn't bother. If I don't really care about you, I, I, I'll tell you whatever you want to hear. Or I just won't tell you anything. I'll just, you know, go away and let you die slowly in your own sin. Wow. Yeah. No, no, I, I think that, that that covers it. And it's, um, and here's the other, here's the other point that I, I would say or add to that is you talk to 
individuals who were in that lifestyle at one time and they are not in that lifestyle anymore. They've been delivered from that lifestyle. Now they're going to tell you it was a choice. You know, they're going to say the exact opposite of what someone would say when they're saying they're just born that way, which we know they're not. Uh, they're going to say the total opposite. They've been delivered uh, and they will tell you that it was a choice that they made and the Lord delivered them from that. Right. Yeah, well, and let me just go ahead. Mm-hmm. Let me one one last example, and it's, so it's not just same sex attraction. Could always say, and a gal could say, "Well, I'm I'm attracted to the opposite sex. I want to have relations," and and say, "Well, it just comes again naturally to me." And God says, "No, control yourself. You need the Christian." But all people need to exercise self-control. There's some things that come that are natural to us, and they're still wrong, and we need to exercise self-control. But we live in a day and age where that that word is totally absent from our culture. It's just assumed that kids are animals. They won't control themselves, uh, so they're going to have sex. So just, hey, you know what, just deal with reality. Uh, They're going to do it, so just at best give them condoms and, and give them instructions. And... I don't accept that premise. Oh, yes, of course I know people are going to fool around. Obviously so. I'm not naive. But the point is that I'm not going to give in to that and just say everybody's going to do that. So don't don't fight it. You know, the old, you can't beat them, join them, that stuff. No, it is wrong whether homosexual, lesbian, heterosexual, whatever. God calls people to self-control. Society demands self-control. Otherwise, you can't have a society because otherwise everybody I'll take advantage of everybody. But that's the world we live in. Me, myself, and I, I uh, if I feel good about it, just do it. I'm not harming anybody, we're told, and that's not true. Uh, so I can you know, knock yourself out. If it feels good, do it. Uh, you be you. Just be you. Uh, even the McDonald's commercial, uh, live your truth. Oh, live wow. your truth. Wow. Okay, what if my truth is, is beating up people like you? You know, how's that? How's that true? Oh, no, well, that's not acceptable. Of course it's not. That's wrong. And just saying, so you live your truth, well, in, in, in a world of relativism, uh, one. So let me, here you go, try this one out. What if, what if Jeffrey Epstein, what if he had said, well, uh, I, I identify as a 14-year-old, so all these girls I took advantage of, uh, it's not really statutory rape because I'm only 14. And you say, well, you know, we've got your birth record. You're not, oh, no, no, no. That's chronological age. But I identify as a 14-year-old. So it's completely appropriate for me to have all these relationships with all these girls. You're a spiritual uh, um, knucklehead if you think that's true and otherwise. But, but that's the argument. If you buy into identity and what, uh, what's called identity politics, social constructivism, relativism, and the view that I just live my truth, okay, what if I say, so I say I'm a, a six-foot-five bisexual Asian, which I'm clearly not, and I am going to apply for scholarships that, that yeah. apply to people like that, at least bisexual Asian. You, you, they, people would go, oh, you can't do that. That's, that's not true. What do you mean it's not true? You, our culture is telling us whatever you identify as, even like a 10-year-old, you identify as the opposite sex. Well, you be whatever you want. We'll give you puberty blockers and do either literal surgeries or other medications and counseling to, to, to help you 
go with what you identify with when you're at 10 years old. Think about it. When you were 10 years old, what did you know? Thank God I didn't act on things. I wasn't able to act on things when I was 10 years old. But Mm. today, we we enshrine that because we've enshrined freedom, baby. I can do whatever I want. I I can, as long long as I don't harm you, of course, I can do whatever I want. And we are going to reap the whirlwind from this this catastrophe. And and the definition of harm to one is a definition to harm to another. Well, well, look, guys, let's kind of finish this conversation up. I'm going to bring Rick on the phone from L.A. because his question is in regards to kind of what we're talking about. Hold on. Uh, Rick? I'm going to bring Rick on the line. Rick, go ahead and take care of those conversations in the background. I brought you on quicker than uh, you probably thought. But this is Rick from Los Angeles. want to kind of chime in with a question in regards to what we were just talking about. So I'm going to bring in Rick from Los Angeles. Rick, can you hear me? Rick. Okay, Rick is not ready. So Rick's question is this, and we just deal with it. Can it be homosexuality be demon possession? And you might as well add all the other sins we talked about. Can they do the whole Flip Wilson theology whereby the devil made me do it or someone in the demonic world? And since we're claiming that the demonic world is real. Why do we always go to those extremes and have to, you know, literally there's the view that when people say anytime Christians disagree with somebody, they demonize them. Right. And they mean it figuratively, but now this is literal. Well, sure, there, there are, there is a demonic realm. Kurt Koch, K-O-C-H, was the, probably the world's expert dealing with demon possession and and addictions and sexual, uh, all types of of uh, sinful like sexual behavior, deviancy, and otherwise. Uh, and and there is a correlation, but uh, I don't even want to go there. That's that's so over the top. People, they're sinners. You don't have to demonize them. They're sinners. We we act upon our own sin. So there is that realm. I'm not denying that exists. But when we talk like this, this is when the non-Christian goes. See, these guys are just nut jobs. They they literally see a demon under every rock and tree, and when people disagree with them. They literally, in this case, demonize them. So. I'm just saying that's not the way to go. People sin because they're sinners. If there was no devil now, no demonic realm, we would still be doing the stuff we're doing because we are fallen individuals. And I don't, in one sense, even need anybody to goad me on. I'm a sinner in and of myself, so I think it's just unhealthy to even go that direction. It's easy. Then what we start doing is, is blaming the, de- the demonization, the demonic realm. And the Greek word is damonitomai. It's not demonized, uh, but it's damonitomai. Um in the Greek text. Any race, when we start doing this, I think we really shoot ourselves down a bad road. In fact, there's a, 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 a great article, I believe it's by Basil Mitchell. I'm trying to remember. It might be confusing with the philosopher. It's, it's an article called uh, Deliver Us from Demons, but also the demonization of Christians. And, and he points out the incredible... Um, atrocities is too strong, but the incredibly harmful effects that have happened from people uh, uh, unwisely uh, un- not having knowledge and information and background, say, attributing people's sins to de- being demonized or demonization or demon-possessed, whatever term you want to use. To me, just just not healthy, not the way to go, and I don't think it's the majority. It, 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 it's relatively speaking, so minute in America. It's not the issue. The issue is we are sinners, and we have culturally rationalized and justified sin institutionally. See, the 
the step above the individual sinning is when we codify it into our government. For example, slavery. When slavery was legal in America, it wasn't just an individual sin. We had institutionalized it. It's, it's, it's much more rabid and radical, and, and we want to be careful about um, coming up with misdiagnoses and misanalysis of why people sin. Sin people sin because they're sinners. I know people say, oh, people are basically good. Oh, really? That's why there's so much evil in the world. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. If people were basically good, then uh, we should see basically a good world, but we, we don't. No, people are sinful, the biblical views. It's not just, I sin, now I'm a sinner. The biblical view is reversed, I'm going to argue. It is, I sin because that's my nature. I am a sinner by nature, and I have to be constrained. And we talk about, again, as we've mentioned before, there's three, at least three, what we call um, uh, orders of creation, and these are used to, when they're done properly, they can be abused and perverted like everything else. Right, but when they're done properly, they promote good and stem evil. One more time, they promote good, stem evil, in any order. But it would be the church, family, and government. Ideally, when they're functioning properly, yeah. they promote good, they encourage doing good, doing right, what's what's good and just and true, and they 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 diminish, attempt to eradicate, but they never can eradicate it, but attempt to evil wrongdoing. Those are the systems that we have. Now, Rick, I brought you on, and I hope that you understand that we were answering your question because two times you weren't ready, and I hope that you did yeah, get the answer. That. No, that's no problem. Life happens. It's live radio. It's okay. And that's why we have these little buttons we can click and put you on hold. But uh, if you didn't hear the full answer, uh, we're going to have to have you uh, direct yourself to the archive show, but we dealt with that pretty extensively uh, from the beginning until to this point now. So I just want to honor okay. you by bringing you on at least saying thank you for your phone call. Yeah, no, no problem, guys. And if I can just ask you uh, for your prayers, I'm, I'm, I'm battling uh, uh, some health issues, some illnesses with my mom that I don't know what's going on. I don't know if it's dementia, if it's, mm. uh, you know, Alzheimer's or what. I'm, I'm getting the runaround, you know, with the healthcare system. And I just ask you for your prayers because, you know, um, there's good days, there's bad days, you know, there's good days, there's bad days. And, you know, today was kind of a bad day. Mm. And, uh, you know, and it's affecting me also. It's affecting me also, you know, with uh, with this care with her. And, uh, you know, I just I just ask if you could just keep, keep if you can keep me in your prayers. I've always come to you guys for us uh, for your prayers and, and assistance. And I could really use them right now because I'm, I'm Rick, really I appreciate what you're saying. Rick, Rick, let me ask you this question. Are you the primary caretaker for your mom or is there other people uh, in her life? Yeah, no, I'm I'm the only I'm the only one. Wow. And, and, you know, um, it's, you know, the last, like I say, like the last eight months, it's gotten, you know, it's gotten significantly worse. And, mm. you know, and, you know, the family members that I have, you know, they're not with her 24 hours. You know, they're not here every day. Gotcha. She lives with me and, and they don't understand what I'm going through. And like when I call her, her sister, you know, who's around her age, you know, like four or five years younger, my mom's 77, you know, she, she thinks that it's just, uh, she, she she doesn't understand the gravity the gravity of what's going on with the health issues. Well, Rick, let me let me do this. Let me interrupt you, Rick. Let me interrupt you for only for a second because we have a person that's 
even saying as you were talking that he could relate to it because he went through that same thing not only with dad but also with mom to the towards yeah. the end. So I'm gonna have Brian pray for you now briefly, but we're gonna have to continue on taking the phone call. But we definitely got you, and I'm gonna have Brian pray for you right now. So if you don't mind listening, audience, join in with us with this prayer. Brian can definitely relate to it. Yeah, Rick, you know, I, well, we all can, but Brian in particular been, right now. Been been through that with my dad and my mom, and they both had dementia. Uh, and, uh, you know, they, my mom lived with me for quite a while until mm-hmm. it got to a point where, you know, I had to put her in a home because it, I just couldn't do it. But Eric, my wife just was tremendous. So let's, and, and before you pray, Brian, and can I say this correct? And I'm sure you can chime in with this because we all had to deal with it to a certain extent. Every situation is going to be different. There's no cookie cutter situation because you have to take the realization that maybe you might not be the best person for your mom or you might be the best because that's what the situation calls for. But prayerfully consider all that's going on and you want to do the best thing for the person that's going through it. And the best thing for the uh, for the people that are going through it is not to like kind of kill the family as right. one, you know, as you're taking care of the one because it can be a... Yeah, but if one person's doing it, it's it's tough. Yes, it's indeed. brutally tough. So we're going to pray, and I'm going to ask the listening audience as well to pray for Rick, uh, not just today, but you know throughout Continue. the week. Just mm-hmm. write it down on a piece of paper as a reminder to pray for Rick. Heavenly Father, Lord, I just uh, mm-hmm. lift up Rick in this situation that he's in with with his mom, and Lord, I, I just pray uh, that you just touch uh, both of them, Lord, yes. and I just pray that you touch the entire situation, Lord. Uh, so. Um, so the mom could be taken care of and Rick can be taken care of at the same time. Lord, I just um, I just pray for peace, for comfort, uh, for wisdom, for knowledge, and so far as how to um, handle this going forward, Lord. Um, I, I pray for peace for Rick, uh, give him rest, give him comfort. Uh, and again, at the same time, Lord, j- just give him the wisdom on the decisions he makes regarding his mom. And Lord, I just pray that other family members will help out as well. Um, but, like, you know, like, like Craig was saying earlier, we are in a curse, uh, sin-cursed creation, and we do have illnesses. We, we have death. We have injuries and things of that nature because of the sin-cursed creation, Lord. But we know that you are here and uh you can you can uh, heal you can help you can um give comfort you can do all of those things lord give wisdom on 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 how to handle things and so we we come to you for that so lord i just again pray for rick i pray for his mom lord i I just pray that your will will be done in their lives lord and uh, we give it to you in jesus name amen amen rick brother thank you very much man keep us posted please God bless you, man. Triple eight nine nine five 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 two is a number. Call Eric right now. Not only Eric, you can call Eric. Eric, I know you online, and we're going to get you uh, coming up in a couple of minutes here. But just hang in there. But everyone else, if you want to do it by internet, email, Facebook, tweet, or messenger, the same address: Bible Info Brokers, various formats. Uh, dot com website, send us an email, Facebook, Messenger, and tweeting. You know how to do that. Bible Info Brokers. Please take advantage of those formats and send us those questions. Let's get as many questions as we can answer tonight. Brian, you had an email question with our own from last week or this week, but let's get into it. Uh, yeah, from, it's weird. Uh, yeah, from, it's from weird? <laughs> no, it's from last month. I don't know if we did this. It says, can you, pl- can you bring clarity to 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 10? Who, who is it address? Who are the unrighteous? What does it mean in the text, inherit the kingdom of God? Can you elaborate on these two verses? Do we go through that? I'm looking back at my notes that sometimes I can't read. Uh, PCA, do you have that in your notes? We do. We have 
not gone through it. Okay, let's do it now. Okay. Who is yeah, it from, Brian? Brian you want to yeah. read the passage? Uh, it's from Patrick. Again, uh, could you please uh, bring clarity to 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 10? And who is it addressed to? Who are the unrighteous? What does it mean in the text, inherit, uh, in quotation, the kingdom of yeah, God? Yeah, no, I heard, I heard, yeah, I heard the question. No, if you could just read the passage for our sake and the whole uh, listening audience so they know. Okay, gotcha. Everybody knows what the passage says, yeah. All right, let me get to First Corinthians 6. And while Brian is doing that, folks, call in. Eric has some open lines. Our Eric, 888-995-5552 is the number. Call him right now. Get him busy. Let him fill up the other lines. Get him in the queue so we'll be ready to answer your question from a biblical perspective. 888-995-5552. We have some very exciting and important news to tell you a little bit later after these couple of these questions. So hang in there, 888 Everything else, Bible Info Brokers. Facebook, email, or tweet us, or messenger us. Brian. All right, here it is, uh, 1 Corinthians 6, 9 and, 9 and 10. It says, Or do you not know that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulteresses, adulterers, nor effeminate, uh, um, nor homosexuals nor thieves, nor the covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers shall inherit the kingdom of God. Kind of on a theme today, huh? Yeah. <laughs> PCH? So, so this is one of those big sin lists, and it's one of them. You'll find a similar one in First Timothy chapter 1, verses like 7 through 9. Here in Galatians 5, there's others, but those are three of the biggest ones. This applies to all all, pe- all the people who were com- who were those their pe- sins that they commit and they try to justify. So the guy who's sexually immoral, whether he's married, they're committing adultery, or not married and just just in quotes quit committing fornication. Um, so uh, sex outside of marriage, which is forbidden by God. So it applies to all non-believers who do these things. But here's the key point, I believe, in the passage, and this is the issue, is Paul Corinthians is written to believers. Yeah, the Church of Corinth is messed up. We've got a lot of problems, and Paul's trying to give them some order and answer questions they asked about. Corinth, in particular, is known as a very—well, in fact, they used to call somebody a Corinthian. If you wanted to insult somebody, that was like calling them, like, you know, basically a scumbag. If you said, oh, you're, you're a Corinthian, it was a, a word, a phrase of derision, mm. of, of, because they were known for such radical immorality in Corinth in particular. But here's the key point, I believe, for us, having said those two things. This is for people who claim to be Christians and yet keep practicing these things. And Paul says, he goes on to say, you got to finish the passage, but some were such of you, were you, but now you're washed, now you're forgiven. In other words, it's not that the Christian doesn't sin, but the, but the person who claims to be a Christian and then rationalizes and continues to commit these sins with impunity is indeed not a believer. So don't fool yourself. You can call yourself a Christian, and you keep blatantly, willfully sitting like this. You're not a believer. Just like in First John, the guy says, or gal, who says, I'm a believer, and yet they hate people. They're, they're racist. Uh, they, they, they discriminate and form racism or otherwise hate people. John says, how love God whom you have not seen and hate other whom you have seen? And so... 
that's what it's talking about. And the kingdom of God is salvation. The kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, I'm going to argue those are interchangeable terms. It's talking about salvation. You're not a part of God's kingdom, the kingdom of God, the realm of believers, all those who acknowledge Jesus as Savior and indeed his lordship. And that is not that we're perfect, but that we do not continue willfully sinning and just keep going on and rationalizing it and saying things like, well, just me comes natural, or I couldn't help myself. No, you can help yourself by the grace and power of God. You choose not to, and this is not mere moralism here. We're not just saying try to be a good person, you're a believer, but if you're a believer, your morality will change. So let's not get the cart before the horse. Being moral doesn't make you a believer, but if you're a believer, you will be moral overall because God changes people from the inside out. So when he says you're not out of the kingdom of God, you're, you're, you don't belong in God's kingdom. You're not saved. You're not going to heaven. You're not a believer. You're on your way to a crisis eternity. And this is a, a clear clarion warning to everyone listening tonight. You claim to know Christ, and you're sleeping with your girlfriend. You're living with her or your boyfriend. You're uh, constantly stealing from your company, uh, what have you, and you justify because they don't pay you enough or they owe you or whatever. You're, um, you, my friend, I have to warn that you're living, your fruit says you're not a believer. If you're a believer, you need to repent. Don't tell me, oh, well, it's tough. Yeah, no kidding it is. You can find a roommate besides your your, mm. your you know, boyfriend or girlfriend. The shacking partner. You're rationalizing your sin. So that's what that's talking about in context, because Corinthians, like most of the other books in the Bible, not all of them, are written to believers, or at least people who claim to be believers. Indeed, and if you do believe that you want to join in on the broadcast and get your question answered, give Eric a call, 888-995-5552, 888-995-5552. Everything else is Bible Info Brokers. Email, tweet, Facebook question, or even Messenger us this question. Let's go to the phone call. I promise Eric to try to get him before the top of our break. Let's go to Eric and Chatsworth. Eric, thanks for holding on and calling in. Yeah, um, thank you. Thank you for taking my call. Um how powerful um, your words are today, brothers. Um, I want to say I'm one of those people who's vocal in church. If I was sitting in church listening to you preach, I'd be saying, bring it, truth, <laughs> preach be, it. Yeah, you want them shouters. You want them shouters in church. Huh? Well, <laughs> I got you. I Let like that. Eric. Stand here and give my testimony. I am one of those sinners. <laughs> wow, when I wow. Look upon my own sin. I realize the greatness of my Savior. Amen. Amen. And so I had planned to call about this topic, and, and it fits right in with um, what you're what you guys are talking about here. And I just want to add some fodder to the topic, and if you could run with it. Uh, primarily, I want to uh, ask you to um, highlight for us the importance of the uh, errors of the greater good uh, analysis that uh, are made by uh, Christians so often, so often in, in their own sort of idolatry and self-righteous analysis, um, put some meat on the bones and have us not only um, be talking about the sins of the world, but looking at uh, our errors in our church. So um, wanted to have you clarify for us all my understanding of the only time and place that the greater good analysis can be applied, and what I'm getting at is where um, a believer, a follower of the Lord, can uh, contradict and sin against the Lord's commands. Many times it simply falls under uh, the sin of lying, 
um, one of the, the clear analysis that I have heard all the time is that this only applies to the saving of life. One um, analogy of this is in World War II when people might have needed to lie to the Nazis to save the lives of people they were pursuing, gotcha. like Jews, mm-hmm. or of also, of course, the um, doctrine of just war, where it is appropriate to kill others in the protection of life. But what we find, I find, is great sin within our church is people applying the greater good analysis, actual Christians choosing to lie in circumstances where they themselves, in an idolatrous manner, have themselves decided that there's some greater good here. Yeah, I got it. We got you. Then justify their life. Right, right. Eric, let's get into it, brother. Only for time's sake. Let's get right into it. We, I think we clearly yeah. understand what you're saying, but I appreciate your question. PCH, Brian, what'd you say you? Well, you know, it was a good analogy that, mm-hmm. that was made. I also think of the analogy, you know, we've talked about it before, um, where, you know, uh, say an individual, a young lady runs up to a person's door and says, hey, this guy's after me. He's trying to kill me. Can you, can I, can you, you know, protect me? Can I hide in your house? And then, you know, a few minutes later, some guy comes knocking on the door. You see he has a gun in, on his waist, and he says, hey, he has a picture. Have you seen this person? And, you know, someone says, well, well, if you says yes, if you say no, then you're saying, well, you're not lying. Okay, well, no. Uh, you can say technically you're lying, but in the essence of the argument of the greater good, you're protecting a life. You're telling the person no because, again, you are protecting this individual, this young lady's life. And um, and so I'm looking at, and, and I wish I, I, can rem- I can't remember the technical name that you call this, but, um, yeah, you're, you are protecting a life. And, and that's another example of it, and I totally agree with that. Uh, but like, uh, you know, um, Eric was saying, you can just really take it to another extreme and become very unbiblical about it and uh, and then just try to get away with stuff just to kind of appease what you believe in, what you want to do, or to make your, yourself feel better about doing something you shouldn't be doing. Craig? Well, yes, it, it, it depends on the context, and it often is abused, I think, of where Paul talks about in Romans, let us do evil that good may come, mm-hmm. and he says his judgment is just. God forbid. <laughs> for that. But, well, first of all, there's what's called utilitarianism, which is the greatest good for the greatest number. And so that's used to justify all types of atrocities. So, for example, the former Soviet Union, they realized they'd made some big mistakes in their quote-unquote five-year plans, and they had not sufficiently planned for the amount of crops they needed to feed everybody. So what they did is they basically said, well, we're going to have to starve off, let's say, 100,000 people here so that we can feed millions of others. In fact, in fact, what they did, those who weren't considered good party members or weren't good uh, totalitarians in, in areas where there was heavily agricultural, they actually took their, their uh, crops and gave it to those who, who uh, were not uh, who were good Marxists, good communists, actually, and let the others die off. And the justification was, well, we may kill off 100,000 here, but we'll save 100 million or whatever there. So there's an egregious example of that where you, you've argued, well, it's only 100,000 versus, let's say, 100 million. So even though those people actually grew the the, the product, the, the, the crops, it was confiscated from them. And so there's an example where the argument was the greater good 
for the greater number. That's utilitarianism. Really, the kind of examples you guys are using are really more what's called hierarchalism, and there's three views among people who hold the absolute values. That is, there are things that are true for all times, all people, all places, all circumstances, the big fours, I call them. Uh, and so one is called conflicting hierarchalism, and that basically says that that the commands or, or moral principles or commands, whatever you want to call them, never conflict. So if somebody came even to my door and they say, is so-and-so here, and you ask, well, why? Because you don't know them. They go, because I'm going to kill them. And they clearly have a gun or a big knife in their hand. And you're, they would say, well, I, I can never... Uh, tell a lie, and so I'm not going to kill them or murder them. I can fight this guy to the death. Of course, if he's six foot eight and three, four, five hundred pounds, and he's going to clearly like, kill me and kill the person, they'd say, but, but you, can't, you can't lie and say they're there. Then there's what's called conflicting absolutism, and that would be the view that would say in that case, or World War II, they did use it, said, well, it's still wrong, but I do the greater good, and the greater good is to preserve life, and I will repent, I will be remorseful for my life, but I'm still going to do it because I'm saving a life, or lives, if you will. Think of Corey Timboon or others who weren't just hiding one, but multiple people in their house, for example. Then the last one is called just graded or uh, hierarchical absolutism, and it says basically that the higher that there is a ranking of ethical principles, and that the ultimate would be loving and worshiping God and being faithful and true to Him. So you're never justified in denying God. But other than that, let's say it's preserving life, and that's over, let's say, quote unquote, lying. So now go back to the same scenario. Somebody knocks at the door, literally, and says, kill so-and-so if they're here, or the multiple people, and they ask you, are they here? And you say no. And under this view, you're not really lying. The higher ethical principle of preserving life comes into play, and it's not a lie. It's not just the greater good, it is, it, but it is that. And now, notice that differs, sorry for all the technicalities and the utilitarian argument, which I have real problems with. So, but clearly, Eric's point is well taken. The, the, clearly, even Christians try to rationalize our sin, and we do all kinds of things for the quote-unquote greater good when we're really just compromising. If we'd be honest, and many times we're simply chicken to stand up for the truth, we don't have the spiritual moral backbone, so we're just <laughs> going to go with brother. the flow, which is down the toilet, and we don't stand up, and then we just justify it with, well, it's the greater good. You guys hear that amen corner over there? Eric can't control himself. <laughs> yeah, that's where I was headed. I, I, I knew that was going to deserve a response from you, brother, because you're the amen corner on that one. And you more or less said the same thing, Eric, that people are just being um, cowards. I would use uh, spiritual cowards when they deal with these type of things and sort of take the easy way out. And I think that's what yeah. uh, profession you guys the are saying. The words you guys used earlier, rationalizing and yeah. justifying, and really sort of their own little self-righteous um, analysis that in certain circumstances that don't apply to the ultimate, what you're talking about here, the ultimate saving life, but in other circumstances where they just feel it's right to save faith here or protect this or protect that, they will actually violate, you know, just clear principles of God. Do not lie. Do not lie. Man, well, I tell you what, brother, I appreciate your phone call. That's an excellent, excellent question. We come to the top of our yeah. break, guys. Hey, Eric, thank you very much for your call, brother. Appreciate you. You said that 
easy way out? Yeah, really. Well, you guys get off my case. I'll tell you one of the things. I, I hear you, Craig. Now you ain't men in that stuff. I'm going to give the that numbers. sounds like an easy answer. Well, I'm going to give an easy phone number where they can call during the break. Uh, but before we go to break, Brian, I want you to talk to the people about their participation. And Craig, get ready to chime in for the, like the, about five minutes or so we have left to the top of our break about the trip that we're going to be taking. We need to give people an opportunity to participate, Brian. But call Eric right now. We have some open lines at 888-995-5552. David, your line, we're going to get to your phone calls. Email questions, Facebook questions, tweet, messenger questions. Everything is Bible Info Brokers other than calling Eric at 888-995-5552. Brian, as a, the old Johnny Carson thing, take it away. Thank you so much. I guess that's what he said. Back <laughs> <laughs> uh, people want to, to help support this radio ministry. Uh, they, they can do it a couple ways. Or the, uh, or the trip that's going to be uh, going to Nepal in, in August. Uh, they can go to the website. They can go to BibleInfoBrokers.com, BibleInfoBrokers.com. Click on the link that says Support and Donate, and you can give via your credit card, debit card. And in there, you can put a, a designated amount or percentage that you want to go uh, towards the radio ministry and towards the uh, uh, the trip to Nepal. Uh, I said the mini- missionary journey to Nepal, okay? <laughs> And because uh, there's a lot, a missionary lot. plus missionary journey plus exactly, yeah. and uh, you know if you want to go fifty, fifty, sixty, forty, seventy, however you want to do it, uh, just make a notation on there. So again, that's bibleinfobrokers.com. You can also uh, mail in your donation, uh, whether it's by check, uh, cash or check, money order. Um, make it out to uh, Living by the Word, Living by the Word, and mail it to. P.O. Box 90477, 90477, Los Angeles, California, 90009. Again, P.O. Box 90477 in Los Angeles, 90009. Definitely want to thank those that pray for us. I want to thank those that donate to this ministry and those that will be praying for us and those that will be um, uh, uh, giving a donation. We thank you in advance for it. Definitely. Appreciate it. Appreciate before you come on and give a little bit more information about the Nepal trip and let the people know the seriousness of it and the vicarious nature of their spiritual investment. That's um, so very important that they consider that. Ladies and gentlemen, while you're on the website that Brian gave you, BibleInfoBrokers.com, uh, BibleInfoBrokers.com, navigate through there. Check it out. Uh, you know, research the various things that we have, the resources that we have on there. In particular, the one that where you can actually send us a message, contact us, not just for questions, but just like the gentleman called earlier about prayer for his mom going through the various things he's going through. Um, you can you can send us messages like that. And we want to be able to uh, to pray for you, but we only can do it if we know. We can pray a general prayer, but uh, most, guys, most guys on this team like to pray specifically about situations, but we can't specifically know unless you specifically tell us. So, uh, Craig, in that specificity, why don't you go and let the people know about this Nepal trip, not any other trip that we're talking about in the future. Well, thanks, Brian. Yeah, hopefully I'll be going to, to back to India finally again in October. Mm-hmm. Three years, wow, since I've been there. <laughs> yeah. Hard to believe since I normally go multiple times a year, but yes, I'm really excited about the Nepal trip. Brian and I and some others are going to be going and to minister to our brothers and sisters like Pastor Krishna, who we helped train years ago, going back to visit him and his congregation, also dealing with uh, ministries that deal with human trafficking and giving the gospel to, 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 to people, particularly those being trafficked, but not just doing that, although 
I say just doing that. That's incredibly important. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as well, uh, help them find a way out and get, uh, give a livelihood and what have you. Take care of them, have them adopted for someone who's not going to basically pimp them out, for lack of a better term. So this is going to be an incredibly important trip. Uh, we're just delighted to be going. I'm delighted that Brian's coming along with this trip. And we're just asking people to pray for us. Number one, we covet your prayers that so God will give us favor. Keep us out of trouble with the authorities. It is, in fact, a mandatory five-year jail sentence for it sharing the gospel uh, if they choose to prosecute you. So pray that they choose not to and that they don't uh, harass us, that we're allowed to go there and freely do the ministry that God's called us to, and that it will be effective and powerful ministry. And lastly, anyone who wants to donate financially towards the trip, we document with receipts and otherwise where all the, the funds are spent, what we spend funds on. So if you want to do that, that would be greatly appreciated as well. Brian, again, told you how to do it. He can tell you again how you can give towards the trip, towards the ministry in general. Uh, we are faith-supported. Uh, but minimally, we we pre- appreciate, we covet your prayers because without it, it will not be a very effective trip and all types of things will happen. So we covet your prayers and we Say thank you very much. Well, folks, I'm going to say it this way. Every chicken in the barnyard, everyone listening to the sound of our voices should be able to participate in some kind of way. Prayer for sure. We have about 30 seconds left at the top of the hour. Prayer for sure. But anybody want to do what they just said in regards to that, Brian, one more time and give the information for that. We have about 40 seconds left. Yeah, they can go to the website, BibleInfoBrokers.com, Bible Info Brokers, give by debit or credit card, and put a notation in there on, on how you want your donation to be split up. Uh, the other way is to uh, go by snail mail, and that is uh, make your check out to Living by the Word, and that's at P.O. Box 90477, Los Angeles, California, 90009. And we really appreciate that. Everybody, believer, unbeliever, we take all the money that we can to make this happen. So please, please, please take the lowest money. You know you have it and invest in the spiritual reality of the situation. We appreciate that. We'll be back after these messages with more of your Bible Information Brokers. 888-995-5552. Call Bible Info Brokers for questions on every other way. We'll be back after these messages. 